Do we need like one of those one of those signs in the office where it's been, you know? I feel like you're doing you're doing the thing that everybody has been doing in challenge deliberation this year, where you're like hoping that I say a long time, but I don't feel like it's been that long. No, I don't think it's been that long either. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay. uh, Yeah, no, I was gonna say. I thought you were pulling a Chauncey there. Like, when have I ever done you wrong? And I I was like. I was setting up like maybe maybe we need a sign in here that you know like it's been X number of days since I screwed up the homework. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, uh, part of this podcast is acknowledging that you have more serious things to do than I do much of the time. So um, I'm prepared to accept that as an excuse for why you screw up the homework more than I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get so much trouble every time I'm like, I don't need to check. I I remember. Well, that's the part about it that's funny is like, I know every time you mess up the homework, there was a moment during the week where you were like, is that right? Yeah, that's probably right. I don't need to look it up. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. I got it. Uh, So I did something uh, from this week's homework uh, instead of something from last week's homework. That Mm. makes sense. You're trying um, to get ahead of the game, and instead you fell behind. No, I was just trying to keep up, and instead <laughs> I, 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 went the, I went the wrong way, damn it. Um, so apologies to anyone who watched The Curse. We will get to that next week. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I was going to say, though, and I did watch it. Um, all right. So um, that'll be fun. We'll do that next week. But we got plenty of other stuff to talk about because it was a pretty meaty episode of The Challenge last night, I thought. Yes, as, as we finally got to chaos, chaos, and chaos. I think chaos kind of delivered. Yeah, yeah. We got a draw. We obviously we got the, uh, you know, a- arrival of Jordan, which was exciting, and uh, Jordan went full Jordan and executed. And there you go. Yeah, Jordan understood the assignment for sure. He yeah. he why he was here. He always does. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that, that's one of his greatest strengths, I think, is actually is uh, understanding the assignment consistently. I actually want to give prop, props to Raven, um, who obviously not only won uh, the daily in this episode, but also I think foreshadowed Jordan's arrival like really well. Yes. <laughs> like. Like basically set it up like, oh man, a soft beat Jordan. Who's Jordan? Well, Jordan's this unbeatable champion. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so it was really, really perfect actually to to Kieran, who then wound up having to face him uh, in the uh, what, what do we call the elimination area this this year? I don't even remember. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. The arena. We'll just we'll just say the arena for now. Sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, he found out up close and personal, um, and took it pretty hard. Took it pretty hard, man. Yes, it's been um, a bit lost. I've seen somebody like take an elimination that hard. It was like Nelson levels. It was kind of Nelson levels. That's a great comparison. Did you did you respect that, or did you find it? I I don't know. What did you think of that? I respected it because it felt very, quite genuine. Uh, yeah, like, I this totally guy agree. Just, I think that guy wants to win the challenge real bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and he's not incapable, to be honest. You know what I mean? No. I think he's a, a well-rounded competitor. I thought he was – like, I don't think anybody was going to beat Jordan in that. It did. I, I actually put that down when they, when they uh, revealed the – uh, game for elimination. I'm like, oh, this seems ideally suited to Jordan's skill set. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. And I kind of hope that they I kind of hope that they stack the games towards the uh the champions a little bit, honestly. Just to make it that just to make it that much more intimidating. You know, like like make them do something, make them beat these champions in something they're good at. You know what I mean? Sure. Look, man, I <laughs> I, I I felt bad for the guy. I like I don't know that I don't know that it's necessary to make them beat the champions in something the champions are good at. Uh, <laughs> but that is what they did. <laughs> I, I, it it's it's like yeah, like it's like you want you want to go, you want to you want to win, you want to uh, win battle for a new champion, beat CT in a hall brawl. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, like like I said, I'm not sure that's necessary, but uh it is enjoyable to watch. Right. That's all I care about. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to not going to argue with that. It is good TV, and that is the point. Um, all that being said, like I, I, I think it would have been challenging enough uh, to have him do anything against Jordan. And and I thought it was fun to watch Jordan figure out the game, realize he could spot Kieran a couple points, <laughs> and then demolish. I, it was rude. It was rude, it was aggressive, it was unnecessary behavior, and it was a joy to watch. What what did you think of Asaf, by the way, uh, in, in all of this? Because I, I was a little impressed by, like, his eagerness yes. um, to, to, A, first go at Kieran when he thought it was going at Kieran, and then, yes. like, like, I think he was genuinely disappointed that that sword wasn't pulled with his name on. He... I would argue he is too excited to get the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I agree that, like, I'm not going to hate, you know? I'm not going to – I'm not going to tell him, like, not to not to want to get his ass kicked. The, uh, yeah, like I, I guess I also respect it. Is what I'm saying, right? Like he, so yeah. he's at, you know what I mean? Like I already beat this guy, I can do it again. Kind of. He's um, not. He's not messing around with it. Um, yeah. And and yeah, I can I can respect that. I I don't think it's necessarily the smartest way to go about. <laughs> what you're doing but uh yeah respect right. I, I guess we should go backwards from there to the uh a soft cory beef um uh you know cory and raven win the daily challenge right by the way that daily challenge would have been my worst nightmare um you know i don't do well with those kind of spinning perpetual motion you know what i mean kind of like oh like oh I, you're you're I'm a, you're a puker puked. yeah 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 my wife is a is a puker um i do okay with those things although worse as i get older uh but i do okay with those things i i it looked pretty fun to me i mean tough but fun yeah now it did. I the one thing I'll say is the the thing spun slower, a little slower than I thought it would. Right. You know. It, what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like it was, a death spin. It was just rotating to make it a little harder for you. Yeah, and also you know you're on a moving truck. That's, <laughs> that's that also seems like like an obstacle. You know. Yes. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, it looked hard, and and the fact that Corey. You know, you never exactly know, but it looked to me like Corey had one big drop where he put a whole bunch of rings on right i think they only counted that as one like each pole only counts for 10 you know what i mean really yeah i think so oh, but i could be wrong about that i you know i didn't do the math but it just yeah. seemed like like when they would you know when he would drop eight things on the single pole it would just say plus 10 on the graphic you know what i mean yeah but so. it made multiple dings this is i i i understand that like I'm uh I'm maybe I'm maybe thinking too much. I might be overthinking the whole scenario, but they uh 
It was like it did. It looked like it might have just said plus ten the one time, but it kind of was like ding, 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 like almost as if there was a ding for every. Yeah, but so, neither of those things are official, so we neither right. of them was exactly. for this. Yeah, right. You never totally know, <laughs> um, which is part of the issue. But I, I do, I do wish sometimes they treated this a little bit more like a sport. You know what I mean in terms of the way that they televise it. You know, um, right? So you, so you felt like you knew exactly what went wrong or didn't, and and it wasn't like a guessing game in terms of the specifics of the, uh, you know, victory or loss or what have you. I, yeah, I, exactly, exactly. Right. For for the competitive parts, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I understand that impulse, and I, I also understand why they don't do it because it gives them a lot more freedom to to ensure. They're getting what they want from the television show, right? Yeah. There's sometimes, I guess, where it would lessen the drama of the, yeah, I, I, I get that. But, like, I don't know, man, it's competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I would enjoy that, too. Um, You know, I mean, obviously, we talked to links about the editing tricks sometimes that they do to make these things look close. Exactly. <laughs> well, and sometimes you can you can do that, right? Right. Like, you know, you can you can see, okay, they've cut this in an attempt to make this a competitive matchup, but I, I'm, I'm seeing right through their attempts because there's no way to make this blowout look close. But more often than not, you are kind of at the whim of, of the editing, right? You know? Like, yeah. we, we talk about it when it's obviously – editing trying to do a job it can't do but i think we probably don't acknowledge as much as we could that like eight out of ten challenges you really don't know it would be very hard to say like okay this was the top five yeah a lot of challenges i have no idea and that's the thing is it's like afterwards i'd like to know you know what i mean like i, I don't know i just you know be transparent it's a it, it's a real competition, you know what right. I mean. Let's let's and, try this. You and know that what I mean? would that would lend credence to the challenge as like a more legitimate uh, sporting competition. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, so Raven and Corey win. Um, what did you think of their decision? I like so many decisions this season have no concept of what the plan was none or why they thought like never at one point as they were making the decision to send Asaf a member of their alliance which once again we have two people failing to know what an alliance is they never fully explained to me why did, do you understand well, what the thinking was? Because I there's think, British guys between, sitting between, there. Right. I think between the two of them, right, Raven Raven sort of explained it the best in that Corey had all of these no's, right? Like, Corey had a lot of no's. Like, I'm not voting for this guy. I'm not voting for this guy. And as she said, like, half of them were internationals, right? So, so but they didn't name those names. So d is he saying no to Callum and James? And if so, why? Like that's just that's just misunderstanding the game, right? So, Am I confused? Yes, and then I think Raven equally equally like Raven at that point, you know, should have not played with her heart because she didn't want to say Kieran's name, which ultimately won't turn out to be fruitless anyway. So, right, but but okay, but hold on. At like, you're right. That is correct. That's what should have happened. However. Because the most important thing for Raven is, right, like where Raven's at in this game is she needs to reestablish trust with the other girls, right? You've got to come out of there with the with the Euro, with with the Euro who's not a, saw, uh, a soft, you know what I mean? Well, someone who's uh, not anyone who is not in your alliance would have been yeah. a better choice than yeah. anyone who is. But le let me just say, like, she's doing sexy things with him so i'll let her have that one but you there's no justification if you're Corey, 
I mean, unless you're just trying to play the messiest game of all time, if that's the goal, well done, sir. But if that's not the goal, then there is no conceivable excuse for having no's on Callum and James. Like, Are what? you saying anybody, anybody I picked would have been mad is not a good excuse? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> and if there was a reason, honestly, if there was a reason to put Asaf in, then, like, we can talk about going against your alliance's interest, okay? That's not – it's not always the wrong thing to do. But, right. but there's, no, not, there's no reason, no. Again, right. Again, we have somebody making a decision for elimination with no ability to, like uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? No ability to explain – any reason, not just a good reason, but any reason for doing it. But I also think there's a little part of this that Corey is right about. And because of that, I sort of think that Corey and Raven wound up in this place where the whole house is mad at them. It's mostly because people just don't really like them that much to begin with. And they were going to find a reason. You know what I mean? And and the Wait, but what is he right about? The part that he's right about is the whole thing with Michelle about, well, I'm attached to Asaf, or is that who? I don't even remember who she was attached to. I think it was Asaf. Whatever it was, I'm in the line of fire here because of the of your pick, even though it's not a girl's elimination day. Somehow, Look, Michelle like, is so basically like we don't really know how this game is going to go, so you should have taken me into account somehow. That's is yeah, that, no. That, was ridiculous, right? Agreed. And Michelle's being paranoid. Completely wrong. Nothing. Nothing from her on all of this, right? Other than, woohoo, I'm glad I'm safe. It's like, yeah, you were always safe. Michelle is being a paranoid lunatic, but also the sky is blue, water is wet. That has nothing to do with Corey making an idiotic decision. And honestly, <laughs> idiotic Correct. is... is I, the, what I'm saying is, right, if he had picked... Who is Colin attached to in this game? I don't, I don't. I don't remember who his partner was. Do you remember? Right, but I'm no. But again, I don't care because I think no, like Michelle was freaking people, out for no reason. I don't think that. Like Michelle wasn't the only girl talking about this. You know what I mean? Right. Well, because oh. Michelle Michelle made everybody paranoid. But I don't think that was something significant. I really don't. In terms of why yeah, the house was mad at him. Oh, I think uh, the oh, house uh, is primarily think, mad at him. I think, look, I think there were people who were mad about the alliance, and I think a lot of the girls, right? Mariah even had it in her votes, right? Like, I can't vote for so and so because he's attached to this, and I don't. You're like people, really like people, really were taking that into account. Like all these girls, so I think it was a factor. You know what I mean? And again, I think they would have been mad about whoever he picked in the, in that sense because they just don't, they're just kind of like out on Corey. You know they would I mean? have been mad about whoever he picked in that yeah. context also. But but honestly, I'm not sure because if whoever he picked. That his decision wasn't stupid. Right. <laughs> Fundamentally. I'm not saying that. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the one thing I would say that I guess is to his credit is I don't think he was thinking about that at all. Right. Like, I don't think no, he, he considered it and then said, screw Michelle. I think he never thought of it. And. I don't I 100% agree with you, and I think that when he tried to say that to Michelle, like, I think he was genuinely, like, hurt and sad about the whole thing, and she, like, did not care one bit. You know no, what I mean? because, again, Michelle is a paranoid freak show, and, <laughs> and that's why I would say I'm not sure it would have had the same effect if it had been a different girl partnered with whoever he picked, because I don't know that anyone else would have been quite so obnoxious and concerned about it. I don't know. I think she had all the girls concerned about it. I really do. I agree, but if it wasn't Michelle who had been, quote, put in jeopardy in that way, I'm not sure the girl who had had been put in no jeopardy whatsoever would have freaked out, and it might have avoided the whole nonsense, because that was nonsense. But again... something off camera, right, like, that we're not seeing again with Michelle and Jay, right? Like, they're friends with everybody. Like, everybody on the show loves them. You know what I mean? Yes. Like Jay Jay and, up, 
Like I go to I go to this dude's house every week. <laughs> right, Asaf what? is like his buddy, and then and then we got a clip of Naris saying something about like I trust Jay more than anybody, which like yes. is not is okay, not actually, something supported by his behavior. This is something I, there's there's something I want to get to a little bit here because we got a little bit of the um, Naris Horacio romance right the start of this, which yeah. we seen from social media is an ongoing thing, right? So I'm sure right. we're going to get more of this during the season. Certainly. Uh, but this was our, our sort of first moment. And <laughs> poor Rossi, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, man, she's really hot. I'm kind of overwhelmed here. <laughs> right. I've I've been there. I get it. Like, fair enough, my dude. I hear you. Uh, on the other hand, Jay being like, nah, he doesn't want any of this. I felt it was like, he was somehow insulting both of them. Well, like see, I, I disagree. Like I think, I think that I'm not saying he's wrong necessarily. I'm saying like, first of all, like give Arasio a little bit of credit. Like yes, he's in over his head a bit, but like he could probably figure this out. He's a good enough looking guy himself. But secondly, like I get it. She she likes to party, and and that like comes with its own set of challenges in a in a partner but like he made it sound like you can't trust her you like, know I, I that's the thing is like i think that like if you read what he said just read it you know what i mean right it definitely looked like he was ripping her but i think from his tone no he didn't like, mean to i agree i agree yeah like, i think it was like said out of respect and it was basically like he was just saying and i don't even think I mean, it's sort of a diss on Horacio, but I don't even really think he meant it as a diss on Horacio. I think no, I agree. Gonna, I, 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 I understand <laughs> exactly what Jay's saying. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I, and I'm not necessarily saying he's wrong. I'm saying to put it on TV, like you, like you're saying. Sure, you could read the tone in a positive way, but not everyone's going to catch that. And if you did yeah. read it, it really is. It's a pretty hard hit at both of them. He's basically saying like. This girl's my friend. I love her. She's awesome. I've seen her destroy a hundred men better than you. Yes. And fuck. <laughs> yes, that's what he's saying. i she's she's gonna eat him alive. And I'm not sure he's wrong, but like, first of all, that's part of life, Horacio. Yes. Even for the good looking even for guys as good looking as Horacio, getting eaten alive is is it yeah. is a learning experience. Yeah. Um but also like you know, someday she'll find someone she doesn't eat alive, and it might not just be because he's a dick. It might be that she, uh, you know, finds someone she really cares about, and that could yeah, well, be Horacio. If, Don't if it's still going right? Obviously, yeah. You know what I mean? Don't like, sell this I'm... kid down the river before he even has a chance to give it a shot. <laughs> uh, but I did find that to be an extraordinarily funny moment in it the was. show. It was funny, uh, and it was my burn of the week, even though, as you said, I don't think he meant to burn anybody. He somehow, like, lightly burnt both of them in the process. <laughs> um, I uh, My burn of the week um, came from Colum. Oh. Uh, it was another one where I, I think – I don't think he was really trying to burn anyone. He was just saying something that was true uh, when he was – oh, and now I remember who Colum was partnered with because this is what the quote's about he was oh. with colleen oh yeah <laughs> and he said colleen people won't think twice about putting her in and i'm attached to her yeah <laughs> yeah and and I'm like i don't even <laughs> think he meant because she's weak he just meant like she's not really a factor yeah. in any way she doesn't have any friends she doesn't know anybody and i'm like she's no, just I'm like not. a nice person who happens to be in the same house as these people yeah. at this point yeah uh honorable mention for colleen um who i don't think this was also a burn but i just think this, it was it was wise words and i feel like uh came from harder experience when she was just like <laughs> she said um it is a waste of time to search love in the challenge house yes <laughs> she says after being romantically linked with fessy yeah, <laughs> it just so it was so German, you know. Yes. What I mean? Yeah, very very straightforward. <laughs> this is not the way. <laughs> what you're doing is highly inefficient, and you should stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Um, yeah. I I feel like 
we need to pay a little bit more attention to Corey's uh, situation as it regards moving forward, and Raven for that matter too. Like Asaf like is back. Be, I don't. They seem like they're about to be excommunicated, don't they? Yes, correct. And uh, like I said, Asaf is back. I'm not sure that's a direct threat to anybody. Um, because even though he's not exactly a regular challenge winner either, Corey is right. Like, go ahead and win one. Then you could talk about putting me back in. Um, that said, I think it's pretty clear that Asaf is much better regarded by Corey's alliance than Corey is at this point, especially yeah. hey, after Corey has no idea. That's the other, that's the part of that. I think that he's, I mean, he started to get an idea, but, well, I but again, think- what's so crazy about the Corys and Ravens and, and, you know, ironically, they're paired together at this point is that they still don't like, again, the first time around Raven talked too much, shared her Alliance info with the Brits got in trouble, right? You would think she would learn. I got to be loyal to my alliance. Instead, at the next opportunity, she hears the Brits talking, and the lesson she took was don't say anything. So instead of sharing it with her alliance like she should have, she says nothing and once again screws her alliance over. Then for the third straight week, she has an opportunity to be like, no, Corey, we are aligned with Asaf. We should put someone we are not aligned with. Like you're in the same alliance, you she's won out of this game. She doesn't. She doesn't know what she's doing. Well, this is what I'm saying. And Corey yeah. is doing. I think three weeks ago we would have said Corey was better at this game than Raven, or knew the game, or understood the game better. But I think over the last two weeks he has showed that to be untrue. Yeah. <laughs> because here he is putting us off in, and and I think fully failing to understand why people are like you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think he has any idea. And I, you know, look, it, it seems to me that Jay and Michelle are kind of at the core of this American alliance. And Jay right- and Michelle seem to have centered themselves. And again, we don't know how that works, but yes. So and so, it's like people are kind of tight with them, <laughs> sort of in the middle. And Asaf, you know, I don't think now Asaf is kind of low key one of those people. But that's that's part, you know. So and I, he's maybe low key, like come to your house, best friends with Jay. Yeah. But he's maybe, high key maybe. in the alliance, right? So, well, but isn't he like he's trying not to let the Euros know that he's in the American alliance, though, right? Yeah, but Corey knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's the this is, and that's the whole point right. of, of why Corey, you I hide. He thought Asaf was towards the bottom of that alliance, and I think that's that was his miscalculation there. No, I'm really, sorry, right I'm not. I'm not giving him that. He, I believe, he said that. At some I point. think yes. I'm not saying he didn't think that. I'm saying that is not a sufficient reason to put him in. He did say that, which means he knows that he's, he's in the alliance, yeah, and exactly. there were three options that were not in the alliance. Right. Yep. One hundred percent. You know. So- I think that Corey is going to uh, defect essentially to the European side. Um, I don't think defect is the correct word at this point. (laughs) Right. It's going to be shunted, whatever it is. Um, I think he's going to desperately catch on with the British Alliance because they have waned considerably. He is a big, strong guy. And they need He's not great at everything, but he's big and and strong. James, James seems to be the guy that gets on with the gay guys. You know what I mean? James seems to have, honestly, like, and this is from our perspective too. He seems to just have a lovely personality. Yeah, like, he's just, I think he's just like just a sensitive dude. You know what I mean? Like, just like a friendly, <laughs> sensitive dude who also happens to be massive. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Um. So, and I think he's fairly wise, and I think he is also seeing the game, and I think he's understanding that uh, if, if the internationals don't pick it up, their numbers are about to get picked off. Of you know all I mean? of all the yeah. international players, with the possible exception of Emmanuel, he seems to get the game better than anybody. But he should also get that we are now in the chaos portion of the game, and if that starts to happen in a real obvious way, I guarantee you, there's going to be some chaos element that comes in and shakes it up. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah. And look, so. I mean, the draw already shakes things up, right? Because the draw automatically makes it a 50% chance that as the winner, you are going to pick someone to go in 
and they're going to come back without even having to compete pissed at you. Right. Like you're not right. Like it's tough. It's not a direct shot now that you're taking, right? So Right, exactly. You, you can't, can't take a direct shot out. anymore, which makes generally in, in historically in the challenge makes people much less interested in taking shots at all, certainly significant well, ones. It just means you got to think about trying to make sure, right? Because you can be in those deliberations, right? You want to influence who the house picks to go against that person, right? So, right, if you're trying to pick off internationals, you go, you want to pick international and somehow make sure an international gets voted in against him, right? Which they should be able to do with their numbers. If the they numbers win, count, they should be able to, exactly, right? right. And that's, I, I think the internationals, save Corey, apparently, are smart enough to get, or the Americans, rather, are smart right. enough to get this now. Yeah, Except so. for Corey and Raven, who improbably <laughs> won the daily challenge. Right. Exactly. So, all it had to be uh, was one non idiot in that partnership to be like no 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 hold on let's just pick someone that we are not aligned with that's all yep. you had to do yep so i wonder about kylan kylan gets it though kylan's, kylan's smart right kylan he's, gets he's... it he's weird but he gets it yeah <laughs> i like i i have nothing but love for kylan he's a he's so different in the way and you know i mean obvious reasons is someone on the spectrum like he just thinks about this game in a very pragmatic specific way that is not quite like anyone else i enjoy watching him yeah yeah he's definitely like um this is a math problem to him i think as much yeah. as anything yeah like his neurodivergence kind of shines through i think in an yeah. interesting way yeah totally. seems a little divergent from in his game style from everyone else which yeah. i think is kind of kind of interesting yeah it's pretty cool um all right um I don't know anything. You got anything else? I think that might be it for me. Yeah, I have. Uh, I have no other extraneous notes except. Oh well, two quick things. One, just Emmanuel. He re- he's really built for this in in a pretty special way. I think like he just. I mean, this is he's you know this is obviously not his first language. He's a little bit fish out of water in all these scenarios, but he just like, he really, he kind of breathes the game in a, in an obvious and lovable way. And I really enjoy watching him. Yeah. And it's his first language, but his English is pretty good. Oh, it's good, but you can see him. Like, I feel like if he could fully express himself, he'd be even better is is all I'm saying. Um, The other thing, and we've obviously talked a lot about this. It's, but just the, my one note on this was, it just says fucking Corey. He had this line where he's like, my whole alliance isn't talking to me, so I don't even know what's going on. And it, it was it's like, you just threw one of them into elimination. Yeah. They're not yeah. talking yeah. to you because they don't think they can trust you because yeah. you literally just broke the alliance. They think you made a real stupid choice. And he's you sitting know? there talking about, I don't know. I don't know what my alliance is thinking. I can tell you what they were thinking before you put one of them in. They were thinking, let's all not put each other in because yeah. that's what an alliance is. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the the central agreement of the alliance. <laughs> God. Just like the producers really need to put the dictionary definition of alliance on the screen at one point here. My you know? only observation uh, was that there is there's still too many people on the show. Like when they – when they're announcing the the randomly drawn pairs, and they essentially have to do a mo- an editing montage, to yes, get to the end. it's too I'm much. Go, yeah, like we need to, we still need to call some of the herd. So, yeah, thank God, thank God, the champions are here to hopefully get that done in in quick fashion. So, <laughs> um, yeah, ten thousand dollars at a time. <laughs> this really, it is funny that. I, I assume they'll do some shenanigans to juice up the pot at, at some point, but it's funny that like mostly they've just been getting money taken from them so far. <laughs> yeah, I, I have kind of enjoyed that. It was less fun when they were winning money. I don't, I don't know why that is. I'm not rooting against these people, uh, but it was yeah, it was more fun to watch them lose pissed <laughs> each other. Yeah, no doubt. Also, uh, did not realize until this his farewell episode. That Kieran was Australian. I thought he was British the whole time. <laughs> you know, I had that same thought. I'm not sure if at some point I realized, but I just sort of like lost the thread. 
Uh, but yeah, I had the same thought of like, oh, he's not British. Interesting. Uh, he definitely had a British feel about him, and somehow, like, I don't think his accent was that Australian. No, I bet him versus Troy was an interesting challenge, actually. Uh, like, I, I wonder uh, what Troy beat him in, honestly. <laughs> yeah, seems like it was a, probably a pretty huge upset. Would be my guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but they, those two have fairly similar personalities. But Kieran just seems like a much bigger physical beast, I think. Than uh, yeah. Yeah, but he does. I don't know. I I would like to see him again. Although it was not the most uh, warm goodbye from TJ. So you it was know. honestly the least warm TJ goodbye I've seen in quite some time. He didn't even get a hope to see you again. No, uh, but I mean he he take gave him some respect. Man. Take care, man, is what he said. Yeah, he did say take care, man. That was it. Was a little weird. It stood out. Um, yeah, nothing about how he was a good competitor. <laughs> I did look here when when Asaf was like, "I want the, I want the biggest and the baddest, man. I want I I want Kieran." <laughs> Kieran was like, "That was a lot of nowhere, but hats off to the guy. He's not wrong." <laughs> that was an excellent reaction. <laughs> and I'm not sure he was wrong, by the way. Like no. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know that anybody's beating Jordan in that. No, me neither. Again, really, I was. I don't even know if impressed is the word, but I I found Asaf's chutzpah to be noteworthy. You know what I mean? Like he seemed. If I'm going in, I'm going big. It seemed to be his whole mindset. You know what I mean? Correct. And and so often when people say that sort of thing, they're immediately exposed as liars or like they're telling on themselves because you just don't even believe them when they say it. But he seemed sincere. Yeah. And took every every opportunity he had to make it as hard as possible. He took it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to go for a guy who was eliminated the first week in his only previous appearance. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> I like the confidence. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, I, I'm looking forward to I, I do think that there are, are some good things ahead of us this season. Let's just weed out a few more people and, and, I'm re- and, and we'll get there. You know what I I'm saying? There's a, there's a lot to like about this. And Certainly the twist helps because, you know, there's a part of me that doesn't even really care what happened before the elimination arena on this episode because it was so good from there on out. Yeah. Like, whatever else goes down, the bringing these champs into elimination, and I have high hopes for all of the people that are coming, um, that, that's going to that's gonna juice up every episode. I'm ready to see Cara Maria and yeah, Laura Tori, like, light up some of these girls. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, I don't um, see a lot of people up there who can hang with Laurel or Tori, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, don't short Carmaria, Maria, man. It's a multi-time champion over there. She I'm is. Not she's, not, she's not as much of like an elimination beast as those other two, but she is. she's intense, and she doesn't quit. No, she's intense, she's fit, and she does not quit. That that's is right. exactly right. So, um, yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah, Laurel... You know, Laurel is the Jordan on the women's side where like not only do I expect her to beat some girl's ass, but she's gonna she's gonna talk her shit too. Yep, yep. No, I've kinda honestly I've I've uh I've missed uh you know, watching Laurel dominate and, and, and kick some ass. I feel like she's been stuck with not the best partners the last couple times she's been on the show. So Yeah. Sorry. No no offense, Jack. <laughs> yeah, um, Jax. Jax? Was it Jax? It was My Jax. <laughs> Seems like a nice fellow. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, do you want to? Do we move on? Do you want to talk about the killer? Sure. Uh, I rather enjoyed this on the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I I dare say I'm, I'm having trouble remembering too many better Netflix original movies than this one. Really? Uh, but I do think that that says something about the general quality of Netflix original movies. Um, and I think probably something about your memory as well. Maybe. Because um, I can't yeah. think of a specific example. But I also didn't feel like this was like. No, I, I'm also, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying this was a perfect, amazing movie. Like there are right. definitely some issues. Um, for me, starting with. Um, I feel like. 
I left this movie with very little insight as to why this guy lives this life. Right. Uh, of almost total isolation. Like he has one person, I guess, that he can kind of count on, clearly. Uh, or one person that he spends time with where he is uh, completely forsaken having any morals or or, or conscience or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Um, what like what's the motivation for that? Other than he's well well compensated, I guess. You know so, what I mean? Yeah. I, so I mean, uh, here's another version of what you just said, in in maybe a nastier and more pop culture uh, uh, referencing way. Um, in John Wick, the first John Wick, uh, we learn in the beginning of the movie. John Wick's a killer. He found someone he loved, left the game. She died. He got a very important puppy from her. And when someone kills that puppy, he goes ballistic. And the entire rest of the movie is him murdering people in entertaining ways. Um. I I I think there are ways in which this is clearly a, a more serious film than John Wick. Um, yeah, I like this better than John Wick, but that says that's just that's about me. you. I just don't have the appetite for the con- right. constant murdering people. I get it. In, uh, I get it. But th- that's not that's not my point. My, what I'm getting to is this: um, that first seven minutes of John Wick, which is then followed by you know an hour and a half of wanton murder. Um, that first seven minutes of John Wick gives us more character development than this entire film. We never know anything about the relationship the killer has with the lady whose attack. Basically, like, there's a lady at his at his hideaway house. We don't know the relationship. We don't know the nature of it. We don't know anything about her other than no. she is from I mean, the Dominican Republic. Uh, right. What? He clearly cares about her a lot. He cares about her, but we know less about why he cares about her than we do about why John Wick cares about the dog. That's the point that I'm making. And we know, frankly, the dog is a better character or a more interesting one than that woman is. And I think the dog gets more screen time than that woman does. Beyond that, we know nothing about this man, nothing really about the people he's killing. And I guess my point in all this is saying... I Fincher is a more serious filmmaker than whoever made that first John Wick movie, clearly. And and there are things about this, the way it is shot, there are scenes in this, there are things I that are all the Fincher stuff. I'm so I'm so here for all the Fincher stuff. Yes. And it's <laughs> and I think that's why neither of us are gonna sit here and complain about this. And it's why you said it's, you know, your favorite Netflix movie ever, which I again, I feel like if we went back, we would find is not true. But I get it. Yeah, I was going to say, I may, I might be forgetting something. But, right. But uh, I get uh, it. I get what you're saying. One, you know what I mean? Yeah. All that stuff is there. But I also, you know, independent of just like soaking in a bath of Fincherness for an hour and a half. Yeah. Plus, look, you're, and you're getting Fassbender and Tilda Swinton. You know of what course. I mean? And, and I that do- scene... The with Tilda Swinton character, right, is the sort of attempt to explore why someone gets into this lifestyle. Like she's kind of trying to figure him out, and and that's your sort of window into him uh, as an audience. But I agree with you that it's not enough because the only other thing right. that you get is there was like a throwaway line about him talking about the law professor in New Orleans that introduced him to crime, basically. Right. And I, I, when that but happened, get very far into why, you know I'm what I mean? Glad you brought that up yeah. because I feel like I'm much more interested in the story of what happened in New Orleans 20 years ago than I am in whatever we just watched. And like, right. while it is well shot and well acted and, and, interesting to watch it is not an interesting story and i find myself wondering why this was the story that was chosen i well it's very, to me it's a little bit finchery right like as a guy who you know sort of famous for uh many 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 takes you know what i mean as part of like it seems like a movie that's really a, a lot about kind of obsessed with process right 
Like you get a lot about what it's like to hunt someone down to shoot them. Essentially, right. you know what I mean. And I guess uh, I'm saying I think that I, you, I think you're probably right. That is the point. And I think that is something that is much more interesting to David Fincher than to almost anyone who will watch this movie. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I did find that interesting, right? That's why, for me, it's a it's a pretty watchable movie. And I do think... It's a totally the, watchable movie. Like and, the, and that the, is interesting in its you. own way, but it's not really right. a complete picture. Like, that battle with the, the, you know, the thuggy guy in Miami or whatever, like... Great action a, set. What a great, what a great set piece that was, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and again, like... You know, one big action set piece, a lot of ponderous voiceover. Like, there <laughs> <Yes>. are <laughs> these are things. It's, it's again, it's clearly a more serious movie than John Wick. But I bring up John Wick to make the point that I would hope a movie that's so clearly intending to be so much more serious than John Wick would do more to make itself that way. And I feel like perhaps this is so laser focused on the process of killing someone, which he only, frankly, which he never executes in the film. (laughs) Like he never successfully executes an assassination. He's just, he's breaking all his rules. Pretty successful execution of the assassination. I guess, I mean, I guess he's breaking rules by getting close to her, but uh, you know, I'm assuming some of that was about the professional courtesy there, right? You know what I mean? Well, I'm not saying he doesn't successfully kill people. I'm saying he doesn't do his job well at any point in this film, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's not doing his job. He's he's scorched earthing a situation that made him angry, but he failed yeah. to do his job, which is the thing he's talking about constantly the whole sure. time. I mean, I think the way he gets to that rich guy in Chicago is pretty slick. Yes, he's clearly slick. but like the one assassination he's contracted to do he fails so and you only know that he's really good at this because he tells you exactly only other only messed up one other time basically so right and and really it wasn't a mess up it was just a it was like the guy just happened to die um but i don't know i it just it i and i guess i had high expectations it just didn't it didn't get there for me. Is mm. it a bad movie? Certainly not. Is it something I'm excited to tell people about? Also, certainly not. Yeah, I don't know that I'm running out to be like, you got to see the killer. Um, but I would be like, did you watch Killer? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, I, I would I would do that. What do you yeah. Think? And if someone said no, would you say, oh, you should watch it? Uh, depends on who they were. Yeah, probably not, though. Yeah, depends on who. <laughs> Probably, like probably not to any woman, I wouldn't say that. Oof, yeah, I mean there are uh, there are not a lot of strong female characters in this. Although <laughs> arguably the best character is Tilda Swinton. Yes, yeah, I think almost clearly the best character is Tilda Swinton. Yeah. She just, I, I, you know, I mean, she got pretty nice billing, right? So the fact that she's in the movie for ten minutes, maybe um, fifteen, I don't know. I think in those ten it's minutes, she has sure. more lines than anyone besides the voiceover. <laughs> I think that's right? true, right? and and so I mean that makes some sense, right? Like this is not yeah. a person going to talk to a lot of people. Oh know, yeah, I, that's not a complaint. I'm I'm just saying, like I think obviously she's Tilda Swinton, so that's partially why she gets top billing. But I think the reason that she was sort of second billed here is because she is like the second most talkative person in the movie. Did you think that the uh, I had a little bit of an issue with him using the TV characters as as aliases? I feel like that's the kind of thing that gets you spotted, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the argument would maybe be they were old enough and uh, generic enough names that like most people wouldn't even blink twice at Oscar Madison, you know. But I mean, Felix Unger kind of did j- jumps off the page a little bit. I feel like <laughs> probably not to anybody under forty. I guess so. Um, I guess so. And and I, sure. it's funny. I found myself thinking about that the other day. I was driving, not specifically Felix Unger and Oscar Madison, but I was driving and uh, was behind a cab where on the first of all I was behind a cab which still had one of those triangular rooftop things. Okay. And. Uh, at least a person was in the cab. That's good. Right. And and it wasn't not not on the side where the advertisements are, but on the like triangle end of it. 
of the of the you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the triangle end, there was a Betty Boop picture. <laughs> and I found myself wondering how many people who passed this cab know who the hell that is. I feel like Betty Boop. I don't. There's something about Betty Boop that there is. But then I found, yeah, because you know then I, I mean? found myself wondering, like, why do I know? who Betty Boop is because I don't know that I ever really watched a Betty Boop cartoon you know I think think there was a Betty Boop revival when I was young yeah maybe but it's like definitely an older cartoon than either of us so it's weird anyway the the point is I don't know that's that's a thing in this movie that makes me wonder like even more what we're doing here sort of thing because that's that's the sort of quirk that would be much more at home in a Ocean's Eleven style film where where it's all character development of the killers or the or the criminals, right? Yeah. But that's like that is probably the biggest piece of character development we get about this guy is that he's obsessed with old sitcoms. Yeah, no, you're right. And I also um, found myself wondering like 1930, just so you know. There you go. I found myself wondering as he did this, like, when did he stop watching television? Because he clearly loved it at some point, and it does not seem to be a relevant part of his life. Like, never does he sit and watch a TV show or anything in this movie. Gave it up. Like, like. where'd where'd that excitement for old TV characters come from? And also, if you've been doing this for 20 years, how did you not run out? I do think it was kind of perfect that a soulless murderer, just a, a just a uh, an addicted taker of souls, would listen to uh, Morrissey nonstop. I it is really so funny. As soon as he was like, "I like to listen to music while I kill," and the Smiths came on, I was like, "Oh, Derek's gonna have thoughts about that." I don't know exactly <laughs> what they're gonna be, <laughs> but I definitely thought of you in that moment as I realized, like. Checks out. Yeah, I was like, oh, they're going to be playing the Smiths every time he's trying to kill somebody. <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much how it went. Uh, or when he needed an escape, right? It was like, uh, bring me, bring right. me the moths. I, right. I, I did think like if that if you didn't like this movie, that you were going to like start off by yelling about how, if it wasn't already bad enough, the Smiths was on all the time. <laughs> I wasn't the Smiths, yeah. No, um, uh, I'm in. I'm in. Like I said, not not a perfect movie, and I I don't even necessarily disagree with any of your criticism of it. Uh, and I don't like. I don't think we disagree. Yeah. Much about this. I I'm just kind of presenting the glass half empty version of of the like. I don't. I feel like we very much watched the same movie and had a similar experience. Um, you're just choosing to look at the positives. Yeah, I'm gonna come up with some Netflix movies that I liked better than this one because I'm sure I'm they're out. Sure that like I can't think of any of them because my memory is like a, a a sieve. But I'm positive we have loved Netflix movies. <laughs> and and frankly, like I'm not sure for me this was a better experience than the first to all the boys I loved before. You know. Interesting. Okay. It's different, right? It's hard to compare those two movies, but like, I, yeah, they couldn't be more different. But I mean, I watched those movies and had a great time. And at the end, I really wasn't disappointed in anything, even though they're not prestige. Like, the very first one was surprising and fun and enjoyable. And I had a great time. And this was like watchable and finchery in all the good ways, but. But a little disappointing because I have really high expectations. Yeah, certainly not as good as Mindhunter. Say that. No, no, it's not even in the same league as Mindhunter. Let's go back, let's go back and make some more seasons of Mindhunter. Can we? Do Amen. That? that show was great. <laughs> and my wife is a weird murder person, so I've rewatched it once or twice. It's it's mm-hmm. a great show. Yeah, I miss it. All right. Um, I guess we should uh, not talk about uh, the curse. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that next week. I uh, actually part of although I wanted to talk about it with you and hear what you had to say, I am I feel like a, a second episode will help. Yeah, okay, good. Good. There was Pro- only I one episode available and it was uh a lot and I don't really I couldn't tell you what the hell the show is. 
Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, but that seems typical of, uh, of Nathan Fielder enterprises. Yes. Said, so, by yeah. the way, I didn't realize until uh, John Wilson, by coincidence, was on Mark Maron's podcast last week. But um, that's a Nathan Fielder production as well. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. It is. Um, did you uh, check into those out? By the way, any any of that last season? No, I was busy watching the shows we were supposed to watch for homework. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> he says as if it was more than like forty five minutes of time that I spent that you didn't. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I you know I didn't know how long that up the the curse episodes were because I didn't watch any. Yeah, maybe it was an hour. I uh, l- let's talk about Colin from Accounts. Yeah, were you charmed by Colin from Accounts? I, that's clearly what it was trying to do was charm you. I would I would say right. Yeah, and I'm gathering from your tone that you were not particularly charmed. I think I was, uh, yeah, I'm not mad at it, but I was not particularly charmed. Charm is a. Uh, tricky word to use for a show that in two episodes has two human waste gags that uh, take up a lot of space. Um, By the way, like I've already the, the the human waste gag in this first like you've heard that story, right? I think I've told that story on the air before, like the the hookup story of the girl who goes to the house and and uh, poops in the toilet and, and then it gets stuck and gets the bag and like. We've done this already. You know what I mean? Like that did that bugged me a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, like I don't know that I've recognized the story per se. I agree that it's pretty broad comedy, and you know, I chuckled, but it wasn't a huge laugh. Um, I guess to answer your initial question, was I charmed by Colin from Accounts? I would say that. I was moderately charmed and I thought it was moderately enjoyable and you know, it's got a chance if you will, but I also think about shows like starstruck or um, I'm blanking on the name of it, but you'll know the Hulu show with the, with the powers. What was that called? The Hulu show with the powers on something. Um, yeah, with the redhead girl who is the only person without powers. Oh, Un- yeah. I never finished that. Oh, that did, I loved. And you, I was imme- extraordinary. Um, hmm. I was immediately charmed by that. I loved it from the moment I started watching it. I was immediately charmed by Starstruck. Never, never got back there. I, I would recommend going back to Extraordinary. I think it's uh, one of the better comedies of the last couple years. Um even do you remember? I th- I think it was actually my wife who read. Did you ever watch the show Misfits on Hulu? Maybe it's a weird, you know, kids with powers thing too. Um, I don't know. There are so many shows in it in a very similar vein that we oh, have watched. I, I did finish Extraordinary. I was thinking of a different um show about one girl that doesn't have powers. The one with um um. Where the mom is, uh, what's her name from Little Miss Sunshine? Um, um, the sorry, mom, Allison She's, Janney? No, 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 no. Um, uh, Tony Collette. There we go. Oh, I did. I just confused Tony Collette and Allison Janney. Yeah, I did. You um, may have. Yeah. Yes, that was a serious show. I'm talking about. I'm talking about shows similar to this one, right? Yeah, extraordinary. I did finish. Sorry, I got, I got, I got. Yeah, confused. no, you're thinking right. You're thinking of. I think it was called The Power or something, but it was, it was pretty grim. Um, yes, correct. Yeah, I'm saying shows of a similar. The goal here is to charm you. The the Maisie Williams show that we watched. It was like two weeks till the end of the world or something like that. Um, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is. Sorry, what was the name of that show? Yeah, you good job. All right. Sorry. There, <laughs> I was not not charmed by Colin from accounts, but I feel like I've seen this, you know, little bit raunchy, shock you a bit, but really charm you type of thing a lot lately. And on at least a handful of occasions, we've seen it done significantly better than this. So yes. 
I, I do think this has a chance to be a pretty good show. I'm not sure I was charmed enough through two episodes to lock in when, like, I mean, just to be perfectly frank, I would much prefer another season of Extraordinary or Starstruck. Yeah, or like, you know, like there's a new season of Upload that's sitting on Amazon Prime that I'll. I'll I think get. Upload was yeah, that might be a better example. Yeah, because like, it I, wasn't I watch that yeah. right. That was not as good as Extraordinary or or Starstruck, but I agree, it was still more charming than this was. Yeah, or like, you know, I haven't finished uh, Sex Education. You know uh, what I mean? We we milked the end of that in my house because it was hard to say goodbye, but. What a great show. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll get there. But I'm just saying there's like it's like that's kind of what you're up against, right? Yep. Is it like you know what I mean? Yep. Um, I, I do, yeah. This is one of those shows that like ten years ago we'd have been like, Good, interesting, original. I like it. Uh and I just think the bar for this sort of show has really gotten higher. While the bar for some other types of shows I feel like has been falling. Yeah. And that's in the middle of a strike, right? So well, but this is like Australian, so yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, even still, right? Like if you're talking about in terms of the competition that it's up against, right? Like there's there's fewer shows now than there would be already. So yeah, and and listen, to be fair, like if we weren't about to do it for homework again, I'd probably be more excited to watch more Colin from Accounts than The Curse. Um, but they're very different shows, you know, I, I, and I do think like because of what we've seen and because in general it feels like cheeky, charming comedies are a little bit a dime a dozen. Like you got to you got to be better at a level. I, we should still up. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I thought still up was a thousand still times up. more charming. Yeah, still up is is quite, quite charming. I think I, right. was, I was totally charged by still up. Right, and so it's. I don't think it's that Colin from Accounts is uncharming or or like a poor attempt. It's just it's up against a a, a very high bar in that genre. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, I by the way, there's a whole other season of Star Trek, Starstruck that I haven't watched. So <laughs> I I probably did watch that, but uh, I guess I should double check after the show. Yeah, yeah, man, lot, lot out there, lot out there. Uh, all right, so homework as we have alluded to. Uh, includes the curse, uh, and also murder at the end of the world, which uh, I, I I did watch and have some opinion about. Um, but and, there's more. I didn't murder... even watch episodes that were uh, that were already out there. Oh, okay. So. And also, uh, murder at the end of the world is uh, by the same sort of group that did that show, the OA, that got some buzz a number of years ago. Oh, I didn't watch the OA. I feel like we watched a little bit of it, but Britt Marling, the lead actress, is a co-creator and star of both of those shows. Gotcha. Okay. I got some Britt Marling thoughts already. Um, you, do, you do? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> because, uh, all right, anyway, that's on Hulu, uh, as is Fargo, uh, new season, of course. Um, uh, that premieres on Tuesday, correct? Do we know? Yeah, and I honestly... I didn't know that until I was looking at homework this week. So I, I literally, as we are talking, am seeing that it might be. It's the final season, if that's what you're wondering. No, but is it? Is this related to last season? Because Chris Rock's in it again. Is he? Uh, John Hamm is, uh, I believe, uh, in this one. Oh, never mind. So maybe yeah, this is, you know what? This is just showing me the cast of all oh, of the seasons. Sure. That's why. <laughs> I uh, was like, wait a second. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, John Hamm, Juno Temple, Jennifer Jason Lee, Lamorne Morris is oh, in this yeah. season. Oh, uh, yeah. Dave is in this season. Kind of random. Can I tell oh. you? Can I tell you what I'm always here for? Is Juno Temple. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, plus, uh, Noah Holly doing Fargo. I'm pretty much always. Here oh for yeah, that. sure. Like I was watching Fargo anyway, but but Juno <laughs> Temple is absolutely one of my favorite actresses in the world. All right. So to review, we've got the Curse, Murder at the End of the World, Fargo, and the one we did not cover, uh, Rustin, 
which is a film on Netflix. Uh, Coleman Domingo. And that Chris Rock actually books. is in. So I believe, yes, and Chris Rock actually is in that one. Yeah, so. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright, Chris Rock, Coleman Domingo, and based on um, a real person, Bayard Rustin. I believe, I believe it's about the, uh, the planning of the March on Washington. Yes, although it's also about the fact that uh, Rustin, who was a, uh, an advisor to Martin Luther King was uh, also an openly gay black man. So, yeah, there you go. And uh, I, I, perhaps it related to that uh, is the fact that most people don't know who the hell he is. Um, so, yeah. Um, all right. So there you go. That's even, uh, even I was like when when the, <laughs> when you brought this up, I was like, why do I know that name? Um <laughs> And we found out. Anyway, that should be interesting. It's getting a lot of buzz. It's 86% on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment. And we love Coleman Domingo on this podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I think it's already on the like the Oscar circuit up there. So um, sliding sliding in under the under the closing door here, aren't they? I mean, we gotta be near the end of Oscar eligibility. I think I wanna say that they may have pushed it back with the strike and stuff. So uh, okay. All right. I don't but I can't it. worry about that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you know, usually there's a bunch of movies that they release in December just to try to get into that window, right? So, yeah, um, that's true. Which is, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's pretty common. So I think we'll have a few of these Oscar things popping up on streaming services at some point. We'll be able to talk about this Scorsese movie. That'll be the whole homework that week, though, just because uh, it's going to take up the time to to reach up. <sighs> I'm just not excited about spending three nights in a row watching this movie. Uh, maybe I should be, you know, yeah. like I acknowledge that I like most Scorsese movies and, and like he's good at what he does and the acting superpower here is, is significant, but like I got kids, man. I, I, I don't have three I, and a half I'm, straight hours. I've been on the record for several years now. Most loudly, you know, most loudly, I think, with the Irishman. But, like, that guy just needs someone around him to say, hey, no. Yeah. He needs a he needs a uh, an editor in the just, in the book yeah. sense of the word. Yeah, there's just no sense of brevity uh, to anything that he does. And as Shakespeare and said, brevity it, is the soul of wit. It is. And it's just it's just all excess. It's excess yeah. at some point. Anyway. Uh, we'll, we'll as get long to as they movie. don't try to pretend, yeah. As long as they don't try to pretend Robert De Niro is like 15 in this movie, I, I'll <laughs> I'll feel better than I did during The Irishman. I think I, you know, I like it, it. I still hear people talking about The Irishman in in these kind of like genuflecting, like positive ways, and it blows my mind every time. It is a ridiculous movie. Like what are we doing? I actually I, think I, people forget. I grant you, there's good acting performances in it, but like it's ridiculous. I and think people forget. Like, I really do. Yeah. I I think at a certain point, like buzz becomes hist you know historical buzz becomes historical reaction for a lot of people, mm -hmm. and in in a lot of people's memories, they forget the film and what was in it, and they just think about wasn't that a big deal when the Irishman came out. Yeah, and it was. I think there's just an emperor's new clothes vibe too, right? It's like you know, it's Scorsese. He's right. a genius. He must Let's... know. If I didn't like it, it's probably my fault. <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. All right. I in, um, in Scorsese's defense, that is how I feel about this podcast. <laughs> you should feel like if if people out there don't like it, they they don't probably get what's going on. They exactly. Don't, just, they don't get just, what we're doing. It's going over your head, man. We're just operating on a higher level. That's right. <laughs> All right, I think we're done here. Yeah. 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 I'd say so. Bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The lights out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling, and the Jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.